The Old Testament reading for this morning is recorded by Moses in the book of Leviticus, chapter 20. If a man commits adultery with another man's wife, with the wife of his neighbor, both the adulterer and the adulteress must be put to death. If a man sleeps with his father's wife, he has dishonored his father. Both the man and the woman must be put to death. Their blood will be on their own heads. If a man sleeps with his daughter-in-law, both of them must be put to death. What they have done is a perversion. Their blood will be on their own heads. This is the word of the Lord. Paul writes to the Corinthians in his first letter to them, chapter 6, beginning at verse 9. Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you were. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. This is the word of the Lord. Alleluia, alleluia. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. But I receive mercy for this reason that I might be an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. Alleluia. The Gospel according to St. John, chapter 8. Glory be to thee, O But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn he appeared again in the temple courts, where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law of Moses, in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, If any one of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away, one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. 
Go now and leave your life of sin. This is the gospel of our Lord. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church, I acknowledge one baptism for their mission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our sermon text is a gospel lesson according to St. John concerning casting stones. Summer's upon us as we can feel it well this morning. We all are aware we are in the midst of summer. Thanks be to God. We don't have to shovel any snow and we can enjoy the nice warm weather and the out of doors. During summer, you know, we kind of change our activities. School is out. Youth have all these activities to do. We have summer conferences for the youth, etc. Now we have higher things in addition to our other youth conferences, so we have plenty to go to. There was one this past week in Valparaiso. There was also one out in Montana. We have a son who lives in Denver, and they went to the one in Montana. After that, they toured, or actually they hiked, Glacier National Park. Now it adds to the drama a little bit when you hear that he has 12 children. And the oldest is 17, and the youngest was born February 7th. And then there is one that's two. So the two youngest ones got carried, but the other ten walked. And they hiked five, seven, nine miles different days. And one of the big activities for the little guys is to skip stones in the rivers. 
You will remember as a child, you tried to do that. Oft times your stones didn't go quite where you wanted them to. Stones can be fun. They can be beautiful. They have many uses in this life. They can also hurt you. If somebody were to throw one at you, which of course we would uh, tell our children that's a very bad thing to do, casting stones at other people. Well, our text concerns casting stones, not skipping them across the water, but to throw them at a person who's caught in sin with the intent of killing that person. Casting stones hurt. And that was the intent of the accusers. Of course, that wasn't their primary intent for bringing this lady caught in the very act of adultery to Jesus. They were up to something else. They really weren't so concerned about what is right, what is wrong, about the commandments, about serving God by obeying him and loving our neighbors. Their concern was to trap Jesus. As you well know, Jesus was very popular. People followed him, hundreds of them, thousands of them, day in and day out. We're not far beyond when he fed the 5,000 on the mountain, or near the mountain, out in the grasslands there. And the text says, the inspired writer John says that there were 5,000 men that were fed that day. That did not include their wives or the women or the children. This was a huge gathering of people that Jesus miraculously fed. And they, of course, wanted to make him their king. Well, this just gives you an example of how people followed him day in and day out. Then when he tried to withdraw and escape from them, they saw him going across the lake, so they all traveled around the lake so they could meet up with him again. Everywhere he went, people were following him. This was driving the religious authorities nuts. They couldn't stand it. This carpenter, this humble-looking guy, from nowhere, Nazareth, up north, not even from the capital, Jerusalem, not from royalty, not the king's son, not a prince, but this humble carpenter with unbeknown parents is causing this outlandish stir in Israel. Everybody knows about this man, Jesus of Nazareth. And people are doing all that they can to hear him. Like you'll remember Zacchaeus. He climbed up a tree that he might catch a glimpse of him. And now they think they've trapped him. They're going to fix this guy. They're going to expose him as a fake, a fraud, 
to the people that they'll quit following him. So they're trying to trap him. They're testing him. They really want to pit him against Moses. And of course, all the people loved Moses and knew that Moses spoke to God personally. So we know Moses is a prophet, but not this guy. So they thought they had him. What's he going to say? We've just heard it from Leviticus. If someone commits adultery, they're to be put to death. We caught her in the very act. Of course, did they really? Who knows? Maybe they're lying. But they claim they have a case. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now, what do you say? Oh, Jesus of Nazareth, what do you think? But Jesus, being God in our flesh, was no match for these guys. No matter what they tried, they were never going to trap him. They're dealing with God himself. What do they think? Well, they don't think he's God, that's one thing. Well, Jesus had a solution for them. He knew what they were up to before they ever came. He's omniscient, you know. He knows everything. He sees everything. He knows every single thought every one of us in the entire world has. He knows it before we think it. He knew what they were up to. So he had had a good solution for him. He bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. We'd probably call that doodling. You know, you did that in your paper in class when you're supposed to be paying attention to your teacher. You know all about doodling, right? Well, he just fiddles around on the ground, writing something. Now, some people spend all their time on this text trying to figure out what was he doodling. That's missing the point. The point isn't what he was doodling. That doesn't matter. The point is he's teaching them a lesson. He's convicting them of their sins. Well, the text says that they kept on questioning him. They didn't give up. They didn't just bring this lady and say one time, what do you think? They kept after him. We would call it they were hounding him. Okay, what do you think? What do you think? Give us an answer. Come on. Speak up. Well, okay. He did. He straightened up and said to them, 
If any of one of you is without sin, let him cast the first stone. Ooh. We didn't expect him to say something like this. This is getting uncomfortable. How can I cast a stone at her? I know that I am a sinner. Let he who is without sin cast the first stone. You can kind of imagine the thoughts that might have been running through these guys' minds. Their conscience started to work on them, which was great. The law started to pierce their hearts and their souls. And they started to think their own life over, knowing, I'm a sinner. I sin daily. They knew Psalm 51 very well. They sang it all the time in the temple. In sin did my mother conceive me. Original sin. We all have it. And we can't get rid of it. Not this side of heaven. And from original sin flows actual sin. And we all know it. We are poor, miserable sinners. We've just confessed that. I am a poor, miserable sinner. These were scribes and Pharisees. They were students of the scriptures. They knew the law well. They knew the scriptures well. And it started to work on their hearts. And they started to withdraw. He who is without sin casts the first stone. And they were convicted of their own sins. And they started to leave. One by one. Starting with the eldest they started to quietly go away. And I can imagine, as they were leaving, they were probably thinking, I hope he doesn't say anything else. I hope he doesn't see me. I hope he doesn't mention what I have done. I hope my sins aren't exposed before the whole world. And then, there was nobody left. No one was left to accuse her. As Jesus straightened up, he said, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? And she said, No one, Lord. Unfortunately, I don't know quite for sure what translation this is, but the word is kyrios in the Greek, and it can be translated sir, 
But I think here it should be translated Lord, because this is her confession. This is her confession that, yes, I now believe that you are the promised Messiah. You are the Savior of the world. Like the woman at the well, when Jesus told her to go and call her husband. And she said, I don't have a husband. And he said, I know, you've had five, and the man you're living with now is not your husband. And she was convicted of her sins. And she believed that he was the Christ. I think the situation here is the same. No one, Lord, she said. Then he said, neither do I condemn you. He absolved her. He forgave her of all her sins. Past, present, future. And then he told her to go and sin no more. Well, that's impossible. How can we not sin? We're born in sin. But he means fight against it. Don't revel in it. Don't seek to live a sinful life. Seek to follow him. Seek to follow God's word. And at the end of the day, confess your failures. As we say, in our evening prayer, Lord, forgive me. Forgive my sins. Or if we pray the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our trespasses. She could go unaccused because Jesus was accused in her place. As you know, Jesus was innocent. But he was accused and declared to be guilty. Not for anything he had done, but everything that we have done. The entire world, including this woman, and including the scribes and Pharisees who brought her to him, Jesus died for all the sins of the world. From Adam and Eve's first rebellion of God to the very end of the world. Jesus died that we all might be forgiven. He was innocent, but he was accused to be guilty. But the innocent one bore the sins of the guilty, that the guilty could be declared innocent. When he cried out, it is finished, the debt was paid in full to the Father. And all of your sins, all of my sins, the woman's sins, the scribes, the Pharisees, everybody has been declared forgiven, innocent. But not everybody believes it. And that's unfortunate. It's terrible. 
For God says he does not desire the death of the wicked. He wants all to come unto the knowledge of the truth and to be saved. He wants everyone, as this woman, to make the sound confession that his son, Jesus Christ, is Lord. He's the Savior of the world. And you and I have the great honor of hearing that and being baptized into him that we may know we're forgiven and we're on our way to heaven. May God grant that to each and every one of us. Amen. Now may the peace that passeth all understanding keep your hearts and minds through faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen.